Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. The second reading comes from Revelations chapter 1. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God the Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the gospel. Our gospel lesson comes from the 18th chapter of John. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people, their leading priests, they brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. You may be seated. So if you were to continue this reading, there's another great Roman philosophical response to this as Pilate goes, well, what is truth, right? Good question, because I think that's getting to the heart of why Jesus' teachings are challenging. So these past couple months have been a bit out of the ordinary for the Hoops household. The reason is my wife Emily is taking uh, classes online to receive her master's degree, and uh, she's an elementary school teacher. And uh, this has meant that our schedule has become very tight. Uh, That means the schedule's changed up a bit, which means she's sometimes staying later at work so she can get some quiet time at her desk to do some reading, to do her postings, to do her reflections. And then even when we get home, it's get things in order, feed the kids, get them to bed. And then after that, she probably has more homework to do, which has meant a change for me, a gluttonous extrovert who would love to talk to any and every person who's standing around him. If she's doing work, who am I supposed to talk to? Um, So I have two choices, bother her, not wise, not wise. I know, I sometimes know my boundaries, you know. Um, Or what's ended up happening is I'm skimming Netflix and going, what's going to entertain me for the next hour or two? And I'm going to tell you, 
I'm liking these movies I'm watching. I'm not a TV person. I like movies because they're self-contained and you don't have like bad episodes. It's either a good one or a bad one. You're not like a cliffhanger two hours in. It's over. Um, but I have to admit, I've entered, you guys, so exciting. I'm in my Western phase. I like Westerns. My grandpa would be like, I know, they're the best. He, he would be so proud if he were alive. He'd be like, it's about time you figure out how good these movies are. Um, but I'm not watching the Westerns my grandpa watch. They're, they break into song randomly, I found. Um, I'm watching some of these newer ones because they're what we would describe nowadays as, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, they're slow burns, meaning they're longer, they're quiet, and they build like a slow burn. Westerns where the distances are great and the landscape is monotonous. You know what I mean? Like we're really just, I love it. I love them. I don't know why. It's something about how in that slow burn we, watch, we get to watch a character change. You get to really see it happening. It takes a while sometimes to make their point because the main character at the beginning is always like hard and grizzled and coldly pragmatic. You know what I mean? They know what they've seen on this trail a hundred times. And uh, over that time they have experiences and sadly in these slow burns often the grizzled kind of self-interested cowboy ends up dying for some small town or some other innocent. But they're changed. They're transformed. These hardened individuals change their minds, they change their hearts, and it always happens because they meet somebody on the trail or something happens during this story where they hear a story they've never heard before and it changes them. And I'm starting to see the Western theme all over the Bible too. Admittedly, this is, this is my thing. I start watching something, I see it everywhere. Um, today, for example, is great because of the dialogue between Pilate and Jesus. It sounds a lot like Western. And I'm going I'm to twist it a little bit for you. If you listen to my podcast, Bible Besties, I do this regularly. I'm going to retell this a little differently with, as you'd see it in a Western. So a sheriff walks in. This is Pilate. And he's like, so you king? And Jesus says, well, who's asking? And he says, well, sir, lots of people are asking. I hear a lot of folks are frustrated with you. And Jesus says, well, I'm definitely not the kind of king you're thinking of, the kind that's going to be rescued by way of some dramatic shootout through town. There will be no dynamite. There will be no Gatling gun. I won't be spared through the efforts of hardened, sweet, gritted individuals with a propensity for violence. It will not happen. And the sheriff says, well, is that right? And Jesus says, no, sir. No. I'm a different kind, I suppose. No, I was born for this moment right here to testify to the truth. People who want to hear the truth, they'll hear it. They'll see it even in this. And the sheriff says, hmm, what's truth anyway? <laughs> Jesus doesn't answer. And the sheriff is left like most bad guys in the movie. He's owned by the mining company, you understand. He's like, well, strang him up. And that's what happens to him. He dies, right? But it's a simple conversation, but the contents of this conversation are huge. It's just like Western, especially the slow burn kind. They don't talk much, but you feel it. Something big's happening here. I imagine Jesus' posse, right? They're on their horses waiting because he got picked up in the saloon. And they're like, what are we going to do? When's he going to spring his trap? When are we going to blow up the clock tower and start shooting everybody? They're waiting. 
They're going to run this mining company out of town. You know, the temple cult that runs all this stuff. Jesus flipped their tables earlier in town. And uh, his disciples are ready to spring to action. Take over the town. Run by villainous men. Jesus now is turning it on his ears. We're hearing instead about kingdom talk. This is the talk Jesus has been talking about his whole ministry. The kingdom where the hungry are fed. The kingdom where the sick are made well. The kingdom where all are welcome. This isn't like some new order with Jesus wearing a white hat and a shiny badge. Sitting on a white horse running a perfect town where the men aren't low down and poker's played fair. (laughs) Nothing like that. That's not his plan. Jesus is talking about a very personal thing here. There isn't going to be a big fight. No one's going to run the rascals out of town. No one's going to blow up a clock tower, thank God. No one's going to shoot someone in the middle of the street. This isn't even about the town. This isn't about a new world order. This is about truth. Truth. A truth revealed in an individual named Jesus Christ. And this truth is that the kingdom is not a destination. The kingdom is a way of life. People who hear it, they see it. They feel it. It's a way of life that when lived, as Jesus reveals, will often get you hurt. It'll often mean behaving as a servant would. It often means being really honest with ourselves that perhaps, wild idea, a shootout isn't the best way to solve our problems. In all this, Jesus travels in the Bible He never proposes some new form of government. He never proposes how to structure power, authorities, concrete ways. Instead, he leans on his understanding of scriptures, which is that God is first, and our neighbor comes right after that. If you want to do God's will, you serve your neighbor, and that means loving him. A new way of life. What it boils down to is this is not about contents of the kingdom. It's about the character of the kingdom. It isn't about winning the game, getting all the pieces. It's not about becoming the town sheriff. It's not about picking the right sheriff or killing an evil sheriff because the kingdom isn't ruled by a sheriff or a king. The kingdom as described in this moment is all about truth. It's it's revealed in its commitment to doing and seeking God's will, which is love and truth. Not a thing, but a person. Revealed in Jesus Christ. The kingdom then is also about you not just not y'all you you then y'all you because in you in your ways in your works in your words Jesus's kingdom is found anywhere and everywhere that the kingdom behavior of truth is exemplified where the kingdom character is lived out where kingdom character can be observed and witnessed. The kingdom is a determined mode of being in the world, as described by Caroline Lewis this week. She wasn't talking about Westerns, but I thought that word fit. I think that's what stumps Pilate. What kind of kingdom is this then? It's just truth. What is this? I think we struggle with the same thing. I think we're asking the same question as Pilate. What is truth? What does that mean? If Jesus is king and the kingdom's not of this world, but it's near and not 
it's here, but very close, but not here. What are we doing? And I think then we fill in the role in a Western of the townsfolk. You know what I mean? We're the townspeople in this Bible Western. We just want some dang order. Good or bad. We know the sheriff at least brings order. But there's always those characters in the Westerns who are in the saloon when J-Man walks in, clink, 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 and points out that everything's broken and this is a really crooked town. There's always that one person, and that's us going, whoa there, Jesus. We just, we don't want any trouble, okay? We don't want any trouble. We know, but please don't bring any trouble. The motivations behind our compromises we make with conscience, with truth, when there's things that can wield its way into our kingdom vision that controls our communities, our nations, our government, our world, that are not interested in truth at all. Those things we make deals with, they're telling half-truths, they're telling false truths, fake truths, all these things that are uttered in ways that support our insecurities, that support our fears, that tell us serving our fears will lead to a way simpler life. We're that townsfolk, right? Please, we don't want any trouble. We know it's bad, but you can't step to the guy who owns this town. For characters in Westerns and for many of us, it's easier to live under the authority of the one who owns the town. Call it greed, call it fear, call it lying, call it self-preservation. Instead of fighting for something different. It's way easier than in acquiescing to our fears to just have decisions made for us. Because when rules or regulations are clearly defined, when expectations are known, assumptions can be accounted for, it's a simpler life, a less challenging life, a less risky life to simply accept the machinations of monarchies, tyrants, robber barons, crooked sheriffs, the mining company, instead of rising up. Here's Jesus rising up saying there is another way and it's through me and my way is defined in one word, truth. Honesty, truth. And it can be found in explosions or fighting or cheating or stealing or killing. It's just truth. And truth is not often found in the pursuit of worldly power and how many things you have and how many guns, horses, hired hands, the strength of your posse, the strength that you possess. It's not found in hating your brothers and sisters. It isn't about identifying the villain. Truth is not about killing him in the street. Truth isn't about identifying sinners and running them out of town. The truth of Jesus Christ is not about punishing the wicked at all. It's about living right now in truth. It's about honesty and saying being the meanest person in the room isn't a good thing, even though it gets you real far. It's about a new reality, a new kingdom where instead we might gather around a table instead of lining up to fight each other in the streets. It's about gathering around a table. That's truth. Instead of shooting down anyone who vexes us. Truth is gathering more and more people as we can around this table so we might share our stories of good, truthful things like life, love, forgiveness, and mercy. Things that are beautiful instead of trying to conquer and crush people we've decided are evil. But to become a force of good in the world that is so clearly defined by a good and honest truth that no one, no one could deny it. No one. 
Those who see it, they'll hear it, they'll know it. This way of life leaves those who seek to do evil stunned by the integrity of an army of saints who seeks only one goal, truth. 